0: that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littner. I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ, and I would like to begin this episode by turning to Matthew chapter 17, where we will read the first eight verses. That's Matthew 17, verses 1 through 8. The passage tells us, And six days later Jesus took with him Peter and James and John his brother and brought them up to a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him. And Peter answered and said, Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three tabernacles here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were much afraid. And Jesus came to them and touched them and said, Arise, and do not be afraid. And lifting up their eyes, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. The parallel accounts of this magnificent event are found in Mark chapter 9 and in Luke chapter 9. It is obviously the story of the transfiguration of Jesus. It really must have been something to behold as the Lord was transfigured, which means changed in form. Apparently, his features remained the same, but there was a tremendous change in his face, his garments, and his whole person. There was an intense light, an overpowering light emanating from Jesus. Just look at how the different writers described it. Matthew said, his face shone like the sun, and his garments became white as light. Mark wrote, and his garments became radiant and exceedingly white as no launderer on earth can whiten them. Luke wrote the appearance of his face became different and his clothing became white and gleaming. It almost seems as though the writers were hindered by the language available to them as they attempted to describe the incredible grandeur of what they had seen. After observing Jesus talking with Moses and Elijah, Peter proposed that they construct three tabernacles, essentially tents. One for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for Jesus. The construction of the tabernacles would serve to honor all three. Just think of who these individuals were and what they represented. Here was Moses, I believe representative of the law. There was Elijah, representative of the prophets, two of the greatest of the Old Testament figures. While Peter was speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them. A symbol of the divine presence. From out of the cloud comes the voice of God and he said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Peter's proposal had placed Moses and Elijah on the same level with Jesus. God's statement sent the Lord above all and when they arose they saw only Jesus. I find that interesting and significant. Moses and Elijah appeared only to disappear. Jesus abides. The law and the prophets were but temporary. The gospel of Jesus is final and eternal. Listen to him. That is what I want to talk about in this episode. The one to whom we are to give the most earnest heed is not Moses and the law he represents, nor is it Elijah and the prophets he represents nor is it any other man or group of men. If we would be pleasing to God, Jesus is the one we must listen to. Consider with me today the following facts about him, if you would. Jesus is the prophet through whom God speaks to mankind today. Back in Deuteronomy chapter 18, God made this promise to Moses in verses 18 and 19. He said, I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you and I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command him and it shall come about that whoever will not listen to my words which he shall speak in my name I myself will require it of him in Acts chapter 3 verses 18 through 26 specifically in verse 22 Peter applied this prophecy to Jesus he is that prophet During his ministry, Jesus claimed that he was acting for God and speaking his words. In John 5, verse 19, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something that he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. Moving over just one chapter to John 6, verse 38, Jesus said, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Move over just another two chapters, to chapter 8 and verse 26, where Jesus said, I have many things to speak and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and the things which I have heard from him, these I speak to the world. And then in John 12 and verse 49, we find Jesus saying, For I did not speak on my own initiative. But the Father himself who sent me has given me commandment what to say and what to speak. Jesus is the one. The one through whom God speaks to us today. To reject his words is to be condemned. Look at verse 48. He who rejects me and does not receive my sayings has one who judges him. The word I spoke is what will judge him at the last day. So my friends... Listen to him. Consider the fact that in Matthew's account of the Great Commission, found in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18-20, through 20, Jesus said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Yet Jesus had humbled himself and became a man in order to die on the cross for our sins. But look with me at Philippians chapter 2, verses 9-11 to see what God did upon his resurrection. The passage says, Therefore also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue should f- confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Lord's position today is, according to Ephesians 1, 22 and 21, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in the one to come obviously we must listen to him consider this jesus is the king who was raised to sit on david's throne just as god had promised in second samuel chapter 7 and verse 16 god had said to david through nathan the prophet and your house and your kingdom shall endure before me forever. Your throne shall be established forever. After the death of Solomon, David's son, the kingdom was divided into Israel and Judah. Descendants of David occupied the throne of Judah until God used Babylon to destroy the kingdom over the time span of 606 and 586 B.C. During the period when the kingdom was divided, the prophet Amos prophesied in Amos 9, 11, and 12, In that day I will raise up the fallen booth of David and wall up its breaches. I will also raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Eden and all the nations who are called by my name, declares the Lord who does this. There are a number of people today who believe in Jesus, declaring that the tabernacle or booth of David has not yet been rebuilt but that it will be rebuilt in a physical sense in the city of Jerusalem when Jesus comes again. The problem with that is that it simply is not true. Peter preached in Acts chapter 2, verses 29 through 32, the following. Brethren, I may confidently say to you regarding the patriarch David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. And so, because he was a prophet and knew that God had sworn to him with an oath to seat one of his descendants upon his throne, he looked ahead and spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was neither abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh suffer decay. This Jesus God raised up again, to which we are all witnesses. If Jesus rose from the dead, then he is sitting on David's throne. If he is not now sitting on David's throne, then he was not raised from the dead. But consider further with me that at the gathering in Jerusalem that we find account of in Acts 15, James, the brother of the Lord, quoted that very prophecy from Amos to support the idea of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as it was preached to the Jews. And that would include you and me and all non-Jewish people. Look at Acts chapter 15, verses 15 through 17, where he said, And with this the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written, After these things I will return and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David which has fallen and I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it in order that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who are called by my name. Do you see? If the tabernacle of David has not yet been rebuilt, the Gentiles, including you and many of my listeners, do not have the right to seek the Lord. For that is the very reason that it was raised again. But the gospel of Jesus Christ was preached to the Gentiles by the apostles of the Lord himself. They recognized and declared that Jesus is Lord of Lord and King of Kings, Revelation 17:17. 17, 17. They recognized and taught that he will remain such until the last enemy, death, has been destroyed, and then he will return the kingdom back up to the Father. That is exactly what 1 Corinthians 15 says. 24 through 26 says with these words then comes the end when he delivers up the kingdom to god and father when he has abolished all rule and all authority and power for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet the last enemy that will be abolished is death my friends we must listen to the king of kings and lord of lords Consider also this fact concerning the Lord Jesus and why we must listen to him. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 through 23, we find, And he put all things in subjection under his feet, and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 18, the same point is made. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, So that he himself might come to have first place in everything. Just as all parts of the physical body submit to the directions of the head, so must the members of the spiritual body be in subjection to our head. Jesus is the Christ. In order to be a member of that spiritual body, the body of the saved, a person simply must submit to the head. In Ephesians 5, Paul compared the headship of Jesus. To the headship of a husband to his wife. In verses 23 through and 24, Paul wrote, For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their own husbands in everything. Of course, the headship of Jesus is sacrificial and loving. In verse 25, he wrote, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. Down in verses 28 and 29, we find, So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church. Jesus is the head. We must listen to him. And finally i would like to make this point turning to colossians chapter 3 verse 17 we find paul writing and whatever you do in word or deed do all in the name of the lord jesus giving thanks through him to god the father whatever we do in word or in deed is to be done in the name of the lord jesus giving thanks through him to god the father Reading the context of that statement will reveal that its application includes not only what we do in our, let's call it church activities, but also in what we do in our everyday relationships with one another. Both our teaching and our practice must recognize and submit to the authority of Jesus. The doctrines accepted by an individual are reflected in the way he lives, as well as the way he worships. John warned in 2 John 9 through 11. Anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. The one who abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house, and do not give him a greeting, for the one who gives him a greeting participates in his evil deeds. Jesus is our prophet. He has all authority today. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the head of all things to the church, and all that we do must be in recognition of his absolute authority. It is no wonder that God spoke from the cloud and said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Thanks for listening.